Hello. <laughs> um, so it's an absolute privilege to actually have a testimony. Um, but standing here is definitely not easy, for sure. Um, but hence I typed it all up, so I am going to be looking down, so I don't want to forget anything. And of course, my heart is looking up to the Lord for help, um, for God is with me. And, and of course, it's not about me, it's about the King of Kings. Um, and the interesting thing is that I didn't know that um, Tim was going to ask me to give a testimony, especially not this side of Christmas. But God, three weeks before I think Tim asked me, he put it on my heart to get a pad and start writing my testimony down. And I don't know, I didn't. And then Tim ring, you know, and asked me to do the testimony. So it was in God's providence. Um, but I remember when I first set foot on this journey of faith, and I remember being in a church. And um, I heard a testimony of faith for the first time. I'd never heard a testimony of faith because I was just beginning the journey. And, and I remember thinking, wow, if God can change that man's life who gave the testimony as he had done, he must be a powerful God. Um, it's crazy, though, how back then, before the Holy Spirit convicted me of all my sins, um, I actually thought I wasn't that bad when I looked at his sin. But then, you know... As time went on, the conviction came more and more. But uh, And also, we compare ourselves with others. But actually, when you compare yourself against a holy God, you, you can see the filth of all your sin, and it's, it's quite painful. So we would be here forever if I was to give a testimony of everything that the Lord has done for me in this life. But um, and, and there's some things I've definitely left out because it's just not too pretty. Um, and we all have um, many Bible verses that speak to us, but there's a particular verse that the Lord has he's just given me time and time again. And it's a familiar one, but it's, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. And he's always given me that verse. Um, if you were to ask my biggest regret in life, before being saved, I would say any number of things. There was many regrets, you know, as we do as we get older. But my now being saved, my biggest regret in life is that I did not know Christ from the beginning um, and not know of, not heard of, but actually know him, to have that personal relationship with him. Um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home by any means, and rather it was a very liberal home. Um, and it was encouraging to have a good time, and um, and still to this day, I'm still the only saved member of my family. Um, of course, I pray for them all the time because it means everything for them to be saved. And it's that hope to know that we'll be together after death, and um, we all need a savior because obviously, this side of heaven, we cannot. It's impossible to lead a, a perfect life. Um, we all have a story to tell. Um, and we could all say, you know, if this hadn't happened, if that had been different. But, you know, I made choices in my life. I, I truly did. I'm not going to bore you with all the ins and outs of my life, but I'll jump forward to the time where I started to embrace a really good time, you know. And I, I literally embraced it to my heart's content. Um, and in all of that, along the way, I, I, was, um, I went to some very dark places. Um, spiritually speaking, it was very dark. Um, and I also ran with um, some interesting characters, shall we say. And um, I had a particular attraction to some serious char characters, uh, London 
gangsters. I had a particular attraction to them. Um, and, um, and they weren't the ones that did the dirty work. They were the ones right at the top of the, <laughs> of the game. So they were quite dangerous to be around. Um, and when I mixed with these sorts of people, I entered into a lifestyle that I thought was going to be really exciting. But now looking back, it was incredibly dark. It really was. Um, of course, you know, I did all manner of things. I, I, I tried, uh, well, I did drugs continually. I drank to excess. And I honestly went mad. And people say to me, oh, yeah, but we all do that when we're young. But actually, it carried on for me. It carried on. Um, just so you know, I'm 47 now. So, um, um, But what I really embraced, it wasn't so much the drugs that had the grip on me, but it was definitely the drink. And I literally went on self-destruction. It was a crazy thing. Um, but you know what? The devil is very sly. Because, sorry, could you hear me, by the way? I'm speaking to thing here. Because he likes to mix the rock bottom times with the good times, the so-called good times of life. And, and you know what? That keeps you on his hook. It really does. Because I would also say that I enjoyed what the world would say. At times in my life, there were rock bottoms, but at times I also enjoyed the what the world would say was a good life. I dated some extremely wealthy people and... Amongst other things, it would look like I had it pretty much sewn up. But you know what? It was actually one of the good times I started the deep search. It really was. Um, because you know what? When I was in my rock bottom, I knew that life could be better and should be better. But if you're having the what the world would say is a good life and you still feel empty, like there's nowhere else to go, and I thank God, you know what, that was a dead-end street. You've got, you think you've got everything, and you're empty. And I thank God for that dead-end street. I really do. And I remember it well, actually, when I started to the search. And I remember I was sat, it was a penthouse suite, and I was looking over Dublin, and little did I know I'd be moving to Northern Ireland right now, you know. Um, and I literally, I was just drinking champagne like water. I was trying to get drunk. I, it's a common form of escapism as well, of course. And, and I remember thinking I couldn't even get drunk that night. Every drink I took, and I went through bottles. I didn't drink by the glass. I drank by the bottles. And I was sober enough. I was getting more and more sober, and it was really bizarre. And I was looking across Dublin, and I was thinking, you know what? I have good health, and I have everything at my fingertips. So why on earth do I feel so empty? And I really thought, is this what you can expect out of life? You know, is this it? And I honestly didn't know what I was looking for. I actually didn't know. Um, but thus, that's when my journey began. No, not knowing God, I tried everything but him, and I honestly tried every new age trick in the book, but all of these just made things so much worse, and I tell you what, that's not where the truth was, and, and it definitely wasn't by looking inwards, the truth was definitely not looking inwards. Do you know, and I got to that point, I was just sick and tired of and bored, quite frankly, of the merry-go-round of drinking, sobering up having a good time, and so I thought, but it was just, it got, it starts off, you know, when you start on that, it, it, it is a good time, you're having a really good time, and then over the over the years, it becomes like emptiness and deadness, um, and I was fed up with dealing with the consequences of, 
of being drunk and, you know, really there is no nothing new under the sun. People think they're going to try this, but there's nothing new under the sun. People have tried it. They've done it. Um, I honestly don't know. At, back then, I honestly didn't know how I survived all the dangers that I got myself into. And it, it was a miracle. It, I should not be alive today, and that's the honest truth. But now looking back, I know God had his merciful hand upon me. You know, after being saved, there was such a relief to repent upon my sins. So in, I remember being in the room on my knees, repenting. And I felt so unworthy. But I knew Christ was in that room with me. And you know, we sing that song, he's a lifter up of our head. I felt him physically lift my head up. And I knew he'd forgiven me. And do you know what? He's the only one who knows the depth of your heart. He truly does. He knew all my own, all hurts that happened to me, but he also knew all the horrific things I'd done as well. And you know, this is what I love about the Lord. There's no pretending with him. That was a relief too, because no one knew me. I had this mask and, and no one really knew me. I had to pretend a lot. But I felt his love and I knew that he knew everything about me and he still loved me. And I, do you know, there's no other love like it. I don't care what anyone says, there's no other love like it. The Bible says that God collects our tears in a bottle. So every tear I have shed, every sorrow, he remembers them all. And he also promises to those who trust in him. He, he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There is no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There should be no more pain for the former things have passed away. You know, he knows the beginning and the end. And he had a purpose for my life. And he has a purpose for you if you don't know him. You know, I just remember I was always looking nearly there, but never quite finding, always seeking, nearly achieving, but never quite, you know. And I remember striving for that next thing, and whether that were the job or looks or whatever it looked like, you know. And um, and when I got it, I, I, I used to think, this is it, this is it, I'm fulfilled. And then it went, like, in no time at all until the next thing. It just wears off. But I, I can tell you, Christ really does set you free. And it's not a cliche. He sets you free. You think you have freedom because you're doing exactly what you want. I thought I had freedom because I was doing whatever I wanted. It really didn't. I thought I, no one's stopping me. I'm in control here. Like, But I can test you. What I have now today is true freedom. If I could express it in a way that if I, even if I was locked in a prison cell, I would still be free if that can express exactly what I'm talking about what I know is that without Christ you're a slave to something whether that's addictions, good works, bad works religion or to somebody, a boyfriend, girlfriend whatever it is, you'll be a slave to something and I honestly believe just from my own personal experience that we're not really seeking happiness because you can get those in temporary things but you're, we're seeking peace people are seeking peace if, if fame and fortune brought you all the happiness in the world, be, the, the rich would be, and famous would be happy. It, it's just a lie, you know, and they're not. We know they're not. 
But Christ gave me that deep, and he does, he gives that deep penetrating peace. And it really is that peace that surpasses all understanding because you can't actually understand it. It's a peace you've never felt before. There are times in life where I actually thought I had that peace, but then something happened or something changed, and that peace was gone just like that. The peace he gives you is a true peace, and it remains if you fix your eyes upon him. And he, he tells us that you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I remember hearing a poem by um, a lady um, who'd been through horrific things, and this really resonated because it's such a truth in my life as well. There is a peace that cometh after sorrow, of hope surrendered, not of hope fulfilled, a peace that looketh not upon tomorrow, but calmly on a tempest that is stilled, a peace that lives not now in joys excesses, nor in the happy life of love secure, but in the unerring strength the heart possesses of conflicts won while learning to endure, a peace there is in sacrifice secluded, a life subdued from will and passion free, tis not the peace that over Eden brooded, but that which triumphed in Gethsemane. I didn't realize that at the time along my journey that God had planted. Once I started that journey, he planted various people in my path. And I know they would have prayed for me, and I was told to get involved with the body of Christ. That was really important. But you know what? Even back then, before I knew the gospel of Jesus Christ, I knew something was missing from those churches. And I now know today that was the pure preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and as it is preached in this church. But you know, at the end of all of that, God, it was God himself who grew in my faith. He truly did. And I was really at that point where I really wanted to know him. I, it really was my heart's desire. He truly had put a new song in my mouth. That's the truth. And it really is a journey from death to life, you know. And when you cross over, you realize looking back, you never even knew you were dead. <laughs> but by his grace, you know. And, you know, people from my past, the circles I mix with, they would never recognize me now. Uh, as my, my family see a totally different person, and they know something's good's happened. They know something's very good's happened. Um, and in fellowship yesterday with some sisters of Christ, I, I mentioned some of the things I used to do and say, and they were like, I can't imagine you doing that. And I said, you know, the interesting thing is that the people from my past would never imagine me like I am today. It's such a classic. And um, if I'd have said to them, in this so many years, I'll be giving a testimony, uh, I'll be worshiping God, praying to God, they'd be like, no way, that will never happen to you. <laughs> um, but do you know, honestly, Satan hates it when a sinner departs from him for a new master, and um, it was not an overnight sanctification. And once I crossed over into this new life, it was a real battle for the soul, it really was. But in God's perfect timing, um, he has changed me gradually over the years, but full circle. He doesn't do things by halves. And you know what he had me doing was um, going back to certain people I seriously wronged. And I was really like, really, do I have to do these things? But um, do you know, it was received so beautifully by those people. I'd really hurt badly, you know. And um, and there was one particular situation there where I'd, I would have owed them a lot of money. And... Um, I was saying, Lord, yeah, but what if they want their money back? I haven't got it, you know? <laughs> but 
but he really spurred me on to do that. And, and I wrote to those people and I said, Look, I'll pay you back every cent, you know, can't be all in one go. But they wrote back beautifully and they didn't want a penny from me. It was just, it's like, thank you, Lord, you know. I would have been broke, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I know there's plenty of work still to be done in me, but I definitely am not what I once was, not even three months ago. I'm at a different place. And as the hymn says, this has become my daily prayer. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me, all his wondrous compassion and purity, all my savior divine, all my nature refined until the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. I would not change what I have now for all the money or the trappings of the world. Because honestly, when those scales fell from my eyes and the truth hit me, I knew I finally found rest and contentment. Honestly, I can say the things of the world mean nothing to me anymore. Because, you know, I have everything so simply, beautifully and in fullness in Jesus Christ. And, you know, Christ, he restores all the years sin took from me. And, and the sin took, took many years for me. I lost, I lost days being drunk. I, I blackouts. I, I lost precious time. But sin, or what the world calls a good time, in the end, it just makes a mockery out of you. It makes a mockery out of me. That's all it's doing. And, you know, sin's consequences do last a lifetime. You know, the decisions I made back then, they, they have affected what my life is today. But... Thanks be to God, because he has wiped that slate clean eternally. I honestly do have life in abundance now. And, you know, I have nothing now to my name, really. But do you know what? I have the most joy in my heart like I've never had in my entire life. You know, every denial or rejection of God, every not bothering with him, every choosing your own way, your own self-righteousness will continue to rob you, and it robs you of something so, so precious. You will never feel that completeness, honestly, without him. It's that true rest that can be yours. And, you know, circumstances and feelings, they change all the time, but only law can give you that true rest. And my Lord says... Come to me, all who are labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Sadly, those you know who are outside Christ, including my family, have been robbed, and were still robbed of eternal life. And it's tragic, because it will come to the deathbed, and what, or what for? No hope. And can they really be sure? Do they have that much faith where they're going into eternity? You know, I read something as well as I was going along my journey um, from someone that wrote something very wise, but he didn't have the answer to it. But I know the answer is the Lord Jesus Christ. But he said, ask any person if they are happy and contented. And if they say yes, we do not always believe them because experience teaches us that whatever happiness comes our way is short-lived. Yet it is our illusion as with a drunken man to be thinking we are happy. Or if we do admit, admit deep, that deep down we are not happy, we do not know what to do about it. But I can tell you the only answer is to found, be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not of ourselves, not of our circumstances, but in God himself. It's in God himself. You know, when the first lockdown came and I had my own business and my neighbor said to me, Oh, Annabelle, poor you, you know, your business and everything. I said to him, I said, the thing is, you're making the mistake that you think my, my hope and my joy is in work and things. It's in God himself. I, 
my joy didn't go anywhere. <laughs> you know, along, but people seriously have mocked me because of my faith, and people have tried to persuade me to not to believe in the Lord. They've gone to great lengths. It's, they go to great trouble to try me, for me not to believe in God. And also people have got angry with me. And I remember my boyfriend, when I began this journey, he was he started to become actually jealous and he felt so threatened um, by, but no one can take away the truth. It was, it began, God had begun that work. I know I am a child of God and I love being a child of God. But the thing is, having not led a sheltered life by any means, the complete opposite, and having been around those interesting characters uh, in the form of uh, London gangsters before being saved, um, I, I found I was able to deal easily with them. But I would just say, urge any young Christian, don't let them take away what you have. Is the blind spiritually speaking? Why would you let them lead you into the pit so you, you both fall into the pit? Trouble is, it's, un it's impossible for people to understand unless they're born again, spiritually speaking, until the eyes have been opened. And I remember being that person, never understanding. But if they really knew the living God, they would dare not mock him. Yes, they need our prayers, and I pray for people all the time. But don't let peer pressure rob you. I mean, it really does take guts to stand alone. And I was alone. I had no one around me that... No one, I was, it was just me, but it was with the Lord with me, you know. And you know, you might not believe in the living God, but it still seems to change the truth that he is the living God. I know now I've truly met with the Lord. There's no going back, never, never, never. And it really is like Matthew 13, 44 says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. I know nothing is going to be perfect, nor as nor am I this side of heaven. But God is with you always. And honestly, it's not an easy believerism. It's, it's, it does come at a cost to follow Christ, but you count that cost. And if you've met with a savior, truly met with him, he's worth your all. I would give all for him. I'd give him everything. And I can honestly say with an old saint of the past, using his words, how sweet all at once it was for me to be rid of those fruitless joys which I had once feared to lose. You drove them from me and took their place. O oh Lord, my God, my light, my wealth, and my salvation. And as it's been said before, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. I, you could strip me of everything down, take everything from me, but as long as I have communion, I could sit in one room, and as long as I have communion with the Lord, I am such full of joy. My heart bursts with joy. So uh, just before I finish, I... You probably wonder why I'm in Northern Ireland, and I, I never planned moving here. Believe me, like because in England we don't think of it as a touristy sort of spot to go to, and um, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> and I know my sister in Christ, Sarah, has led the way, but um, <laughs> but uh, I did. I came in faith without knowing. Honestly, I came for his church to be here in his church, 
And I didn't know if I was going to get a long-term job or a flat, but within a week, God had provided, or and he continues to provide. And even if he didn't, which he will, <laughs> I don't care as long as I have him. I can also, I've been so blessed being here. And I, without, I don't want to sound cheesy, but it's such a truth. The love of the fellowship here. The preaching. And the boldness, because obviously that's so hard to find these days. There's no boldness out there. But most essentially, the Lord is present here. And he's moving in this place. And that's really what I knew when I first walked in. And it has come as a great emotional sacrifice to leave so many family people. But, you know, again, he's, he's, he's there. He's my comfort. He's the great comforter. And I know there is no safer, no better, no more joyful place to be but in the center of his will, wherever that takes you. I honestly don't know what the plans the Lord has for me for the rest of my days and until I go to my true home. <laughs> but whatever days I have left, they all belong to him. And I know he'll never leave me nor forsake me. All glory to God. And I just thank you for listening.